Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Well, hey, good morning. I hope you're doing well. Uh, my name is Michael. I am the youth pastor here at the Ark. I have you this morning. Uh, and no, Pastor Allen's not sick or anything weird like that. Just I have to give those uh, <laughs> I have to give those precautions prior. So what we got today? We have a lot of stuff to go over today. A lot of great stuff to go over today. Um, and so we're going to roll through a lot of scripture. I'm going to move kind of kind of quick, kind of quick pace. But I do want to share this before we get started. Um, I'm really thankful for this church and what has happened this past summer. We've had a lot of things going on in youth. We've had um, junior high summer camp. We had mission strip. We've had summer interns. And uh, for those of you who've been praying, those of you who sent your students, those of you who donated, I can really testify, and I really mean this truly, that everything we have prayed for, we, we saw come to pass. Um, and from, from, I mean, I'm not kidding, from every kid that needed a scholarship got one. Finances paid off, transportation was safe, working with different companies was great and smooth. We, had, uh, we grew in our own team and size. We had salvations, moves of the Holy Spirit, leaders touched, students touched, families impacted. It's been a great summer across the board. So I want to say thank you uh, for those of you that have really been praying, getting behind us on that because that's been so important. All right, you ready? Okay, today I'm going to give you a spark notes of what we're talking about today comes out of Matthew 13. And before we jump to Matthew 13, I'm going to give you exactly the summary of this entire message. Very simple, also very deep, wherever you want to take it. And it means this, it's the word of God is good, but it's up to us to receive it. The word of God is good, but it's up to us to receive it. Like I said, very simple to say, the depth of that rests in your own heart. And it can go as deep as you'd like it to go. So within Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9, this is a parable that Jesus is sharing. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, why are we going over this particular parable? Very simple. In Mark 4, verse 13, Jesus states very clearly why this is important. Mark 4, 13 says, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So we put strong emphasis on this parable of the sower. Now it is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So you're going to see we're going to use Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They're all talking about the exact same parable. Different wording here and there. Uh, For my Bible nerds, they're all in the synoptic gospels, funsies. Uh, But they're all there. It's all the same story. And we're going to use different aspects of the gospels to look at how important this is. Because Jesus said, how will you understand any of them if you don't understand this one? So today we are going to walk through all the various types of how the seed are received in soil. But here's very important to what we're walking through. When we speak of soil, you are the soil. You are the soil. 
And Mark 4, verses 14, all it says is a sower sows the seed. Hold on to that for the very end. I'm going to touch on that again. And so it says, so the word of God, the truth of the kingdom is the seed and we are the soil. And yet you see in this parable that the truth of God, the truth of his kingdom is received differently in different hearts. Same seed, not received the same. And here's something as fickle as the heart can be that we know. You choose what you want to believe. You choose what takes root, what you allow, the identities, the names, the experiences. You can choose if you want to forget something. You really can. The things and the titles that weigh over us. The heart is something within you that no, no man or woman has control over. But you do. You can say, this is what I receive and this is what I don't. And scripture even points to it, even says, take every thought captive. What? The sands against the word of God. I mean, constantly within scriptures, we are seeing issues of the heart. Actually, in Greek, there's also versions where it translates the soul or the mind. The, emotional, the emotional standpoint in which you process this world and what you receive. And here's the part that we're doing today. I am not responsible for receptivity, but you are. And so when it comes to the word of God in which we share that the word of God is sown to us and what kind of soil we are going to be is what we choose. And the first one is tough, very difficult to talk about. For the sower is by the wayside, Matthew 13, verses 18 through 19. It says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. Luke 8.12, same parable, but in the, in the book of Luke 8.12 says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. What's interesting is that there is, the word of God is powerful and the truth of his kingdom is good. And, here's, and a lot of people in this room know we believe it, truly. And some are coming to learn to believe it, but here's what's something a lot of people don't want to believe. That there is an enemy against you. That God has sent to try to sow his seed of the truth of the kingdom, but there has been wickedness that has worked against him. That there, in scripture talks about the wayside, they did not understand the word that was sown. Have you ever just missed it? Have you ever just something that was shared with you? You're like, ah, whatever. It's called your 20s. <laughs> It really is. No, for real, it really is. Because you start to figure out that what your parents or the person who has raised you was trying to teach you slowly and painfully, as much as you didn't agree, is starting to come true. And you're looking at like, you know what? They didn't get it all right, but I knew they tried to teach me that earlier. And seed that's not received is what? Stolen by the enemy. So now you find yourself in a, in a rock in a hard place because of what was not received, not because it wasn't taught. And this kind of message is tough for parents. And look, I'm a pastor's kid. I am the living proof of someone that did not run to receive everything that was taught to me. Some of my kids' teachers are in here. You can ask them later. It's true. That there are many things in which we sow and you know it, it falls on deaf ears. You know it falls on, more importantly, hard hearts. 
Because within that, it's gone in a moment. Because there is, if, if it wasn't valuable, why would the enemy take it? If it had no power, if this is truly pointless, why would the enemy take it? And yet, it is powerful. Um, this is kind of a goofy version of the explain this, but in 1975, SNL had come out, uh, Saturday Night Live, and there was a weekend update skit that my mom loved. And um, it was with Chevy Chase, and Gilda Ratner would come out. And Gilda Ratner played this kind of older lady with glasses, and she had the she had like the beads that made the glasses necklace and she's crocheted cardigan and the whole thing, right? She does this shaky voice and she's doing like a report on the fact that parents didn't want any more violins in, on TV. And so she's doing a rebuttal that there should be more violins on TV and it'd be good for babies. And if we don't, then it's going to be a destruction to society and babies will join rock and roll groups and they'll stop drinking milk. And, and she's just like going, starting to rattle and her voice is high pitched and Chevy Chase kind of just points her on the shoulder. He said, no, 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 Miss Taylor. It's violence, violence. The parents don't want violence on TV, not violins. And, and she... And she just goes, mm, never mind, end of skit. And it's like this. And honestly, sometimes it's like that. You just miss it. You just miss it. So there's a seed on the wayside where it's missed. It's not understood and things were taken away. And in wicked intent, there's also seed in the stony ground. And this one's touchy. Seed on the stony ground out of Matthew 13, verses 20 through 21. Matthew 13 says, Be he who received the seed on stony places. This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, he immediately he stumbles. And here's what's interesting about tribulation, if you leave that up there. Jesus actually promised that tribulation would come. He said to his disciples, trials and tribulations will come, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Told them it's going to happen. And so how sad is it for someone to receive a word and a good thing in them and then difficult times hit and it is ripped out of them because it didn't take root like it should. And I... I, I tread lightly when I say this. But there are points where I look at the, the big C, the big large church, and I just wonder, I'm like, how many times are we going to do conferences till we recognize maybe something's wrong with the soil? And I like conferences, and I'm not against camps. We, I, we throw them. It's great. I know, though, the word is good when it takes root. And there have been so many that they really received the word of God. And they doubt they do now because it left them. Because tough times happened. Because they believed God was a healer. They knew his presence was with them. They knew it in worship and the message. They wrote it in notes. But you're in a hospital room and you're wondering where he is. And what has felt, what you have received feels like it's been ripped from you. Moments like that. Now, I'll share something that my teenagers, they don't like hearing. I talk about Africa stories all the time. They're like, goodness gracious, why? So there's a little pre to the Africa story. I went on a mission trip 10 years ago. 
and we went to Tanzania for a month. Prior to that, we had training. And in that training, we had services and we had chapels and they did these team exercises where you grow in conflict. It's a beautiful thing. I really enjoyed it. I got word and stuff from the Lord. I'm getting stuff. I'm writing stuff down. I mean, just really powerful time in prayer. It's awesome. I loved it. It was great. I was ready to go. I had been dreaming about going this trip for a long time. I'm excited. We're going on this mission trip. It's an all-male missions team. So we're all pumped and we're like, let's go. We get there and get the absolute mess knocked out of us. I mean, <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. I had a head cold most of the time. One of our guys almost got bit by a cobra in the middle of the night when I was like two feet away. We had a wildfire nearly take one of our camps down. We had a dude break his shoulder on a street bike with street tires in the bush. Um, we had, oh my gosh, we had uh, jihadis yelling at us as we're going through towns. We couldn't communicate with people for about 18 hours. Sometimes we wouldn't get picked up by our bus. So we're stuck in a village where we don't know what to do. I mean, you went, I mean, we were stuck in the national forest with baboons around us at one time with no food. It was never ending. It was never ending. And to, to top it all off, at one point near the very end of the trip, I got a local virus in Africa, which is, I don't know, a nightmare. So I got a local virus. Who wants to get a virus in Tanzania? I'm like, I don't even know what this is. My, I get the shivers. You know what I'm talking about? You just get the shivers. And I'm just sick in this bed. And the bed's like a moldy Tempur-Pedic. And I'm like, I'm sleeping on outside. There's no AC, of course. Why would there be AC on a mission strip? So we're, there's no AC, right? I had stomach problems at the time and ulcers. And what I didn't know is taking ibuprofen would cause internal bleeding in my stomach. So I'm trying to bring down the fever and I'm taking ibuprofen. So now I have two problems. So now my stomach is having internal bleeding and the first day I'm sick, I'm sweating. And you're going to think I'm kidding at this, but I, I did not notice about worship music, but man, the Tanzanians love, love worship music, but they love sticking to the chorus for like an hour. Um, so they would crank, dun, 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 super happy. Dun, 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 dun. It was turnaround Swahili. I'm not even going to try to say it. It was turnaround Swahili and people would dance. And it's adorable in the video. But when it's going on for hours and you're losing your mind at 104, uh, like, sickness, I was like, wow, I didn't know worship music could be torture. But here I am. Uh, <laughs> here I am. I kid you, I was so mad. I'm like, oh, yeah, bless God. I, I really couldn't stand it. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the ceiling, and the first day I'm sick, and everyone's out handing out New Testament Bibles or making headway. We end up handing out 13,000 of them, and I didn't have a lot to play in it because I was horribly sick. And the next day I'm sick, and the next day I'm sick, and the fourth day I'm sick, and I'm crying out to God, and I'm mad at him. And everything I received that was nice in my journal and all those wonderful words and all those wonderful scriptures in the midst of pain and frustration melted away. And I had a huge crisis of faith where I'm literally like yelling at God, like I'm doing everything I know to do. I believe you're a healer and I am sick as a dog. I have no doctor. I'm not in a hospital. We have no access to a hospital. I don't know if this is getting better. I don't know what's going on. 
And I'm crying out to God, and I started to realize that it was good to receive things in church. I'm glad, but I started to realize that I had been taught the things about the healing of God, but it had not rooted in me. It did not mean that it wasn't true. But the second problems hit, I dropped it. My frustrations and my anger surfaced instead of my faith. And that stony place is hard. Because it can help, you can question what happened prior. You know you received something and you hit a hard place. And sometimes we have moments where it just seems to fall apart. So we have seed in the wayside. We have seed in the stony ground. We have seed among the thorns. Mark 4.19 talks about the seed among the thorns and what happens of what these thorns represent. And Jesus says, in the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And I'll never forget this testimony I saw of Victory Tulsa. I'm standing there in church service and someone's about to testify. Like that, testify, Right? So they're coming in and this woman gets up and she had been saved for about 12 years. And she talks about how the Lord had used her to plant different Bible schools of various sizes internationally. Just this one woman, only been saved for about 12 years, just launched straight in. And what brought me to tears is she was testifying in her 70s. She got saved in her early 60s. Because she walked through life having it her own way. And until she found the desires of God and it aligned with the word of God, then she did what he, what he called her to do. But she did it in her 60s. She was testifying in her 70s. She's planning schools at the American retirement age. Do we see that there's some things that culturally, not that they're bad, but they don't line up here. They don't line up with the word. I don't want to retire when I'm 65, and I can't say we're going to retire at 65 because my dad's really close to that age, and he's going to punch me. (laughs) It's true. I want to do the work of the Lord until my deathbed, until I'm old. Do you know that Scripture shows that it's multi-generational, that the church is not just for the old and not just for the young. It's for everyone and everyone in between. And that maybe you aren't saved and maybe you don't know Jesus and maybe you have not picked up your purpose in life from God. But it doesn't matter your age. It matters your heart. The seed is not talking about the age of the soil. It's talking about the receptivity. Will it receive? And I truly believe this and it's a hard point that some people want money more than purpose. That because you've had struggles and pains in your life, that finally when you become financially and fiscally responsible and successful, that you will feel successful and purposeful. And it's not true. It's not. You know it's not. Not deep in here. Yes, it has solved some problems, but it just doesn't seem to solve the problems of the soul. It doesn't solve the problems of the soul. And yet, if we culturally align and say, this is when I'm doing this, this is my window of opportunity to serve, this is the age in which to do things, you can miss out on the call of God. This woman planted churches in her 60s. And that's when she received God for the first time. There are people in here, you've been a believer for decades. And God still has a plan for you. 
There are some people also that you knew when you were younger there was something in you that God was calling you to do and you didn't do it. And do you know that his mercies are new every day? And it's not culture that calls you into God's purpose. It's him. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And you might have been choked by financial or family responsibilities, but do you know that God's purpose is still alive within you? It might look different at this age than it did prior, but you can do it. You can do it. It can can come alive in you. Better be a greeter in the house of the Lord. Come on. Something done for for God. There are parents in here, you're believing this for your children. And some of your children are adults. And you feel like seed was sown on ground that hasn't received. Well, here's the beautiful thing. Until your last dying breath, you can pray just like Simeon held Jesus in his arms that you can see the gift of God in your lifetime, that they will come to know Jesus. That the seed is good, even in the midst of bad sowing. Life chokes it out of you. You know, getting here itself is a battle sometimes. It would beat you nine ways to Sunday. Life just doesn't. And yet, there's a last seed. The last seed talks about the one that bears fruit. In Matthew and Mark, it mentions bearing fruit of 30, 60, and 100 fold. In Luke 8, 15, it says it like this. I love this. It says, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. With patience. That your heart can receive God's word and it might take time to root. But it's worth the depth. It's worth going through. It's, and, and, and honestly, a lot of things. I mean, look at this church. This was spawned out of the fact that, someone, that, the, that the word of God came to a couple with practically no money. And they planted the church with no money. Half of their savings, $1,500 planted. That's it, 1996. And as the church was going on, I don't know if you know this part of this church's story. As this church was going on, where they had come from was Lakewood. And uh, John Osteen, when the church had kept going and it was growing, was so proud of my dad. Because he looked at him and said, you didn't need us to do it. That was you and the Holy Spirit. You didn't need our money. You didn't need our support. He was so proud. Why? Because the word of God came forth. This was his second church he planted. The first one fell apart in front of his eyes in a month. His mom left. Church is over when mama leaves. <laughs> it's happened in the first one. But it's, it's a seed that was planted. It took time to root. It took years. And yet when it came to pass and to bear fruit, who argues with the fruit? That there's people reached in a community that's loved because it comes from a word of the Lord. It's that important. 
It's that important to know that you're the soil, that you can receive God's word, that life might have choked things out of you, and you might have heard the word of God a few times in the past, that maybe family issues or insecurities or what you think you're good at or good or not, whatever it may be, might have destroyed or suffocated with a good seed, but you know that you're the soil, you can still receive a good word of God, and he can still see the purposes of your life now. You're not too old, you're not too young. And what's beautiful, some of you are like, I don't know how to receive. I don't know how to let this root. I love this. John 14, verse 26. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. What it is saying is when you read your Bible, you're not alone. That you have a teacher, a comforter, the Holy Spirit. Also in scripture known as the spirit of Jesus with you teaching you that you're like, Lord, I need to be able to receive this. When I read your word, I want to come alive. When I pray, I want to hear your voice. I want to know the goodness of God. I pray your Holy Spirit can help me receive these things. And if you approach your word and your prayer and your life like Jesus did in the garden when he said, not my will but yours be done, you will see a move of God in your life when you thought dreams were dead. And your family was lost and restoration wasn't possible and reconciliation wasn't an option and vision was gone and healing seems dead and you can see the goodness of God and you might have to fight and you might cry and you might go through tribulation but when it roots in you, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. So in Africa... That didn't work for me two years later. I, I, I missed it. What can I say? Two years later, another ulcer. It's bad. Um, real, it's, it's, it's pretty horrible. I'm just tired of going through these horrible stomach cycles. And I remember I, uh, I worked out. There's a family friend named Tyler, and he had this kind of like shack set up, really nice area. No air conditioning, my preference. Just apps, it's like 100 degrees outside, full humidity. It was in the summer in June. It's 20, yeah, 2013, 2014, around that time. And I remember I've been reading 2 Kings 4. I've been really praying. I've been really reading. I've been getting after it because I'm tired. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of, of this. And I'm like, man, I didn't get it. And I'm dealing with the doubts and the fears of understanding that I had not received healing for myself. And I've watched it in many others. And I remember I'm at the end of a leg workout. And just to preface this, I know the difference between heat exhaustion and the voice of God. Just so we're very clear on what I'm about to explain. Um, You're like, you're hallucinating. Just relax. Um, So trust me, I had hallucinated many times in there before. And what happened next was not that. And I sat down and I'm just pouring sweat. And I just, no one's there. And I sang it as well. Out of 2 Kings 4 the passage of the Shunammite woman, which she responded as well. And I sang it over me. And I felt the presence of God. And I knew right then, deep within me, I'm healed, I can receive this. I mean, truly felt the presence of God. And the word, it's almost as if the moment I went, rooted. And the following weeks later, we found out the ulcer was gone. 
And it took me years to, to root. I've had other issues and things going on, and sometimes it takes time, but I have never regretted sticking with the word of God. Boy, is it, have I had to go through some pain like you. I know it. Many tears shed. One of my kids who've had to believe for straightening in her, in her spine, and one of the scriptures I got in the midst of just <laughs> terrible doctor's reports was out of Isaiah that the crooked places be made straight and the rough places made plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And when she would run, I was tough to watch because I knew it was a struggle for her. And I had another scripture. And that she, when she would walk, she would not be hindered and when she runs, she would not stumble. And after a long period of time, we have actually started to see a tremendous amount of progress. We have seen what has been crooked and straightened. And believe me, it has taken time for these things to root. But I know this. The word is good. And if I'm the soil, I can receive. Same for you. The word is good. And if you're the soil, you can receive. I want to end on this, a bit of an addendum. I, I, I got to a little bit in first service. I have a little more time with this. In that scripture, Jesus is talking about the seed and the soil. What he's not saying you're responsible for is the sower. Mark 4.14 says the sower sows the seed. And the rest of this parable is about how we receive the truth of the kingdom of God. What it is not about is how you receive the sower. Meaning there are, God uses, God uses people. He used people to print this Bible. He used people to spread the gospel. Goodness, he sent his son down as a person to reach people. He uses people, and here's the thing we know about people. People do people things. They hurt other people. It's imperfect. And the parable is not about how the sower did it. It's about what is sown. And there have been people here that you know it has been hard, the tension that there has been the word of God sown in you, but the sower did it in quite a, let's say, unique way or a painful way. And it's hard to know the balance that actually a lot of people deconstruct on faith, not because they have an issue with Jesus, because they have issue with people. And that actually always gives me faith. When I watch people that, that walk away from the Lord, as disheartening as it is, most of the time is it about what has happened to them by other people, not because Jesus did it to them. And we have to discern as painful as it is through tears that you know what, in the midst of imperfect people, the word is good. And they might have missed it. And they might not have handled it just right. But the word is good. And, I, and it, it was hard to receive that way. And I'm not saying you excuse, but to walk in forgiveness and in love and in saying, what is, what is the word received? Is it the scriptures? Is it the gospel? Yes, because broken people have shared the gospel for generations. And the wild thing about it is people come to know Jesus with fools that have preached it to them. It's strong, but it's true. And it's not because of the person, it's the seed. We get so locked in 
on how people have treated us. And I'm not saying there aren't conversations and, and counseling and prayer and healing for that. But what was planted? Was it a broken person just trying to convey a good thing to you? And man, if we can look at, maybe that person didn't do it the right way, but Jesus really is my Savior. And it really is King. And by his stripes, I really am healed. I really am. And I know that I'm loved, and I know I'm a child of God, and I know I'm free. Adopted into a family that loves and cares for me. If you blame the sower, you'll receive nothing. And that's tough. So what is the seed? Is it the truth of the word of God? There's an old phrase, which is chew on the meat and spit out the bones. And the word of God is all meat. And I believe that what has been sown into you maybe in past years, regardless of age, or maybe even now, that when you open your heart up to receive exactly what's from God, you go to the Holy Spirit who can teach you and talk to you about the words of God, help you understand things beyond your years and give you wisdom, only, only truth that comes from him, and you can receive something new that will not be a flash in the pan, nothing choked by the world, but have enduring, lasting, lasting fruit with patience. And the things that you have cried and prayed over, you can see come to pass because it aligns with the truth of God's word. If you bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Now, for some of you that have never known Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's decisions you've never made. And you know you need to make that for yourself. Or maybe, you're like, maybe this is a time to come back to Jesus. Maybe... I was a bit confused or I've walked away. Whatever it may be, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to make a big show of it. This is a decision between, between you and the Lord. And with no one looking around and in privacy for the whole room, I want you to raise your hand. And even if it's one person, this entire group is going to pray because that is who we are as a church. Here's what we'll do. Pray with me here. Say, dear God. I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. And I have a relationship with you. And I'm a new creation in Christ. Because I said yes to you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.